Hey, everyone. Welcome to the OK Productive Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at OK Productive. We like to talk about all the practical tips about productivity on all sorts of different topics. And today, we're going to be talking a little bit about writing. Yeah, so this is National Writing Month. I guess that's going to start in a few days. So we're doing a series of podcast episodes where we're having writers come on and talk about writing because I don't know about you, Eric, but when it comes to productivity, writing is one of the biggest challenges that I face and communication is so key to at least my job. But I know you have your own struggles trying to communicate and get responses. And I think that with the... November being National Novel Writing Month. If you're interested, go to N-A-N-O-W-R-I-M-O.org, Month, And there they talk about kind of giving people exercises and inspiration to help them, particularly writing fiction, which I think is just another great way to like express yourself, but also to really sharpen your skills when it comes to writing. So I don't know about you, Eric, but I do a lot of writing with my work and we wanted to take the opportunity in November, which is starting up in a few days, to celebrate National Novel Writing Month, which has been going on for I don't know how many years. But the uh, National Novel Writing Month in November is specifically about encouraging writers and inspiring them to kind of build a community and a structure for them to have like a daily exercise of writing. Uh, specifically, it's to complete 50,000 words in a month. And I don't know about you, but it's actually surprising how easy it is to write too much when you get started than it is to write too little. Yeah. So actually, can I interject a little story that's made me wake up very anxious this morning? Okay, go ahead. So last night, I had this dream that me, my wife, and my daughter went to see a new kids movie, an animated movie. That's a nightmare in and of itself, right? Depending on the movie. Yeah, well, it... Goes on. So (laughs) once upon a time, I used to write for Geek and Sundry about tabletop gaming. And I had this dream that I was still part of Geek and Sundry. And they asked me to take notes and then asked if I would write a um, kind of like a review. But it's like what parents and kids can both take away from this new because it was lots of like emotional, sentimental types of values that people can use as skills growing up. Like I just had a sense of that being a dream. I agreed because I'm very much a yes type of person. And then they said, great, you have two weeks to write the book and give us a first draft. And from that point on, the dream was just a nightmare. (laughs) And I woke up just terrified. And I'm like, I have so much to do. Like, wait, why do I have this feeling? And I think that's one of the things that I struggle about writing. It's the sense of like on-demand creativity and feeling like you have to just keep pushing forward. And so I think that's one of the things that I've always thought that NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, is hoping to help people address is working and coming up with plans and work through it. But anyway, what I'd like to do is introduce our special guest today, Allison Spooner. She's someone that Leo and I have both known for years, and I have kind of been inspired in her approaches to writing Since before I was even able to meet her in person, she's just had a lot of persistence and seems to have a a very high level of motivation and keep going with writing that I really admire. So welcome to the show, Allison. Hi, thank you for that. So persistence is the key there. I have been writing basically my whole life, (laughs) creatively my whole life, but I'm a freelance content creator. 
as well. So I've been doing that for about 10 years. And that just means I write the content that business owners don't want to write. So blogging, website content, email, social media, all that fun stuff. So that just means that I write all the time for work and for fun. And so on the creative side, I actually have two books out in the last couple of years. So one is called Flash in the Dark, a collection of flash fiction. And that was released last year. And then just in this last month or so, I released another collection called The Problem with Humans and Other Stories. So that's just a quick, super quick overview of me and what I've got going on. Two books in as many years. That's that's a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, after not producing any for, you know, thus far leading up to last year. So, so I'm really interested in learning more about what flash fiction is. Could you kind of describe it for our audience? Yeah, for sure. So both those books are collections of flash fiction. And flash fiction is complete stories in less than a thousand words. Not excerpts, not chapters, not little snippets of a bigger story, but complete stories, beginning, middle, and with that pretty strict word count of about a thousand words. You might hear different people say different things, and they can be shorter than that. They can be anywhere, you know, 200 words, 400 words, but the cutoff before it becomes more of a short story is right around a thousand words. 200 doesn't seem like a lot of wiggle room. That's like almost a tweet. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't mind me asking, what got you into flash fiction? Yeah, so I kind of stumbled into flash fiction, I guess by accident. I joke that flash fiction accident helped me write a book without realizing it. I guess to kind of answer your question, I have to tell a little story, which is what I do. So yeah, story time. <laughs> I feel like I mentioned I've been writing for my whole life. And for years and years, I feel like I kind of struggled to finish anything or anything that I thought was worth kind of publishing or presenting to the world. And for many writers, including myself, I feel like having that published item, whatever that is, is a sign of success. So I struggled to finish anything for a long time. And I didn't understand writers who seemed able to just crank out book after book or always had their next idea or project kind of ready on deck. And I love to write, but it was definitely a struggle to come up with those ideas and keep them coming. And so eventually, I actually discovered a few local writing events, one in particular called Fiction 440. We can talk about that a little later, but also online writing contests, one in particular called NYC Midnight. And so those two things together eventually led me to writing flash fiction stories. And so between the events and the contest, I was writing multiple of those are a lot of those stories. So using these events and contests to kind of push me forward, I wrote and finished what turned out to be dozens of short and flash fiction pieces. So when you started discovering these writing groups, were you trying to use that as an approach to NaNoWriMo or was it just your general curiosity and like always wanting to do more with writing? Yeah, no, they were actually just ways to get me writing and get me interacting with the writing community here in Lansing. And they weren't actually geared toward National Novel Writing Month. They were just a way to get me writing. And I need deadlines and things like that. And so if you don't mind, I guess I can go into like a few of the specific ways that these events and these contests actually helped me use flash fiction to get writing. 
Yeah, please do. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about it. Yes. Yeah, so they actually, the events and contests actually gave me a few things that I didn't have when I was just trying to pull an idea out of thin air and write a novel. Prompts, parameters, word limits, and deadlines. Most of these, you either had to finish a story by the next event or for the online contest, you had pretty quick deadlines, 24 to 48 hours for some of them. They forced me to outline, which really helps to focus your attention and keep you on track. And they forced me to include only the most important details so I wasn't spending a lot of time wondering how much backstory to fit in or how much world building to do. Those choices were kind of made for me given the word limits that I was given. So I'm really interested to know how flash fiction helps you with like your professional or personal writing because I'm sure like when it comes to that stuff, you need to be brief, but you need to be succinct and you need to like really communicate in as few words as possible. So in that sense, I could see how it's helpful. What are maybe some other ways? Yeah. So I guess I said earlier that flash fiction helped me write a book without realizing it. And I didn't go into a ton of detail. So personally, it helped me complete a book because I kind of realized that a book didn't have to be a novel. I guess I didn't have to publish a novel to be a successful writer. I ended up with a ton of these stories that I liked and I had enjoyed writing. And so I just compiled them. And between those, that's what got me to publish these books. So personally, writing for these contests and writing flash fiction, shorter stories, instead of trying to complete this gigantic project of a novel, made me realize that finished works can look different for everyone. Professionally, writing... I feel like for me and for anyone that struggles to write blogs and write for their business, you can use the same items that I mentioned earlier. So prompts, parameters like word limits and deadlines, outlines, and only including the most important details. You can use those in your business blogging or business writing to really focus your work and tell a story because actually you should definitely be telling stories in your business blogging. That's really cool. I like that. Could you break down a little bit further, like how using those same items helps you with your professional writing or maybe like give an example? Yeah. So I actually just did a presentation on this, how to use flash fiction to get blogging. Basically, it's just about breaking down overwhelming tasks, like coming up with a new blog every week or, you know, in creative writing, writing a novel into smaller tasks which is a great method for goal setting as well. That's so true. Like breaking down tasks, just a lot of things, including writing, is super helpful. Yeah, so you can just start, instead of worrying about blogging every week, just start by writing 500 words using a prompt that someone else provides. Or I won't go into too much detail today, but you should be telling stories in your blog so you can use what's called the hero's journey as a guideline to kind of get you those prompts. And the hero's journey is just, for those who don't know, a formula that most stories follow. So movies, books, the Iliad, the Odyssey, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, they all follow this formula called the hero's journey. That's a Joseph Campbell, right? Correct. Yeah. And so you can take a look at those steps and look at each step. And I break this down in my presentation and, you know, I can provide my website. And if you get on my newsletter, I'm actually going to be putting out parts of that presentation in my newsletter. But 
bits of the hero's journey, like the call to adventure that all heroes experience in order to start their journey, you can, you know, ask yourself, what was my call to adventure? What made me want to start my business? What specific event kind of spurred me into doing what I do? And that, you know, can be a blog and you can use that to get you started. And by setting yourself that prompt and a specific word limit, and then even a specific deadline of maybe even an hour, I know it seems crazy, but you'd be really surprised. Like just using those things, you can complete a task that may seem daunting at first, but can be completed in about an hour if you, you know, sit down and give yourself that limit. A few things that came to mind while you were explaining all of that. One of them was just the idea of having these prompts and different outlines and ways to work down reminded me of what an editor at Geek and Sundry used to do when we wanted to pitch something that we wanted to write about. And lots of times it would start out as like, I want to write about this new board game. And then they would just follow up with questions about, okay, but like, how is the name of the board game going to get you to 500 or 1,000 words? And so you kind of have to come up with a list of things. And by the time you're done pitching the idea to the editor, you would have almost 500 words, like basically a whole article, and you just have to reorganize it. So... Like I never made the connection. It seemed like conversation while they were asking us to fill in ideas for writing. But I totally see now that you pointed out the like those prompts, those parameters, outlines are all great ways to work your way towards actually completing something in writing. I also wanted to ask if there were any early challenges that you remember having while trying to write, because some of these seem a little daunting to me. Like if I were to go to one of these events and having these prompts, I think I'm the kind of person who would almost feel a little anxious about having a time limit or parameters and needing to get something out. So are there any other challenges that you remember facing and what may have helped overcome them? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like everybody's different. It's going to depend on your personality, whether a lot of these things will help you. But for me, I definitely need structure. deadlines. And if I have all the time in the world to complete something, it's probably not going to get completed. So I think early on in these online writing contests, they give you two days, basically 48 hours to complete a thousand word story using the prompts that they give you. And that timeline used to be extremely daunting to me. You get the prompt at midnight and I would stress about like, okay, as soon as I get this prompt, I need to start brainstorming and I need to start writing because this is not a long time. So that was super challenging. And I think that applies, you know, in professionally too. this daunting task of getting a blog out every week, like a week is longer than 48 hours, but it's still not very long. But I just think the more you do it, honestly, practice is what changed that for me. I did these repeatedly. And after a while, I used to panic if I didn't have the full 48 hours. Like if I had something else going on, I'm like, oh no, now I'm only going to have Sunday to work on this. But I've gotten to the point where I have my formula. I know that I need to sit down and outline and brainstorm. And then from there, I know I need to just start writing. And then from there, I know I need to go back and look at what I wrote and then cut out what I don't need. And now if I do only have Sunday to write this, I know exactly what I need to do to get it done. Is it that the Sunday adds pressure to you so that way it's easier to get it done? Or is it that you like schedule it and then having that scheduled helps get it done? 
I guess having the deadline is what helps me get it done. Sunday, I just mentioned because the contests usually go, sorry, from Friday at midnight to Sunday at midnight. Okay, got you. So Sunday's usually the last day. I mean, it is the last day. But in the past, it was always kind of a day of panic knowing that like, okay, at midnight, I have to have this done. But now after doing it so many times and knowing the formula that I need to complete my story, Sunday doesn't have to be as crazy or rushed and I can do it in one day if I need to. But having the two days is definitely helpful. Now, when you talk about like prompts and parameters and outlines and time limits, are these self-imposed or are these external when it comes to flash fiction, I guess, like if you go to one of these community events, do they give those to you? Or usually when you do flash fiction, do you do them yourself, place those limitations on yourself? Or how exactly do those specific things work when you do a flash fiction exercise? Yeah, so it's all going to depend. So for Fiction 440, the event that I mentioned, which I'll take a second to plug, you can find them on Facebook. They meet locally, usually once every couple of months. So you go to an event um, and they give you three words that need to be included in a story. And then you write a story in 440 words using those three words. And then you'll read it at the next event if you want. But you can come and listen. You don't have to read. But for those, you're given the prompts. So they give you three words you have to include for the NYC midnight contest that I enter. They also give you the prompts. So at midnight, when the contest starts, they will give you a genre. Usually these vary a little bit, usually a genre, a location, and an object. So you have to write in a specific genre. You have to mention some sort of location or part of the story has to be centered around this location and you have to include some sort of object in the story. It doesn't have to be prevalent, but it needs to be in the story. So for those, the prompts are provided. When I realized that these things were really helpful to me, I started either using books. If you go to any bookstore, there's books of prompts that you can get and they'll just be like sentence starters or things like that. So you know it helps. You can seek these out. You can Google writing prompts and you can find them and you can self-impose them. I started asking my followers on social media for prompts because sometimes self-imposed doesn't have the same effect as when someone else gives it to you, especially with deadlines. Self-imposed deadlines are a lot easier to break than ones that you've either told someone about or put out to the world. So I like to tell the world, you know, that I will have my book published by this date or else I just won't get it done. Or I like to say, you know, tell people that, okay, I'm going to have the story written using these prompts and I will publish it, you know, Sunday of next week. So they can be given to you or they can be self-imposed. If they're self-imposed, I highly recommend having an accountability partner that's going to hold you to both the prompts and the deadlines that you set. I have a... um card game that can be used as story prompts too. And I'm completely drawing a blank on it. So I'll have to look it up so that we can include it. But that was something else that I used more for like role-playing, just like out loud storytelling to try and move plots along. But it seems like there's lots of tools like that that you can use and that like accountability partner. You could also, it seems like you could just uh, tweet or just ask friends or a partner or someone like that to just give you some of those words. Have you ever played around with anything like that? Yeah. So for a little while, I was doing a YouTube C 
series, I guess, or I had a YouTube channel called Get Flashed where I was asking, I would go live actually on Facebook and I would ask people to give me a genre or give me three words or anything like that. And I would have to stick with whatever people gave me. And then I would read that story that I wrote using those prompts on YouTube. And I, you know, I said that the video would be published the next week. So I asked people for the prompts and then I gave them a deadline and I had to deliver on that deadline with the video. That's cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. And I I think I need to maybe bring it back. I let it lapse a little bit there, but I think it, it was pretty fun. So... So what are some tips that you have for folks doing any like form of written communication? It sounds like structure is a big part of it, having some sort of story to tell. What else can you think of that people should be thinking about, whether it's Twitter or email or blogging? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is, and this could be more challenging when it comes to tweeting, but there are ways to do it, is to tell a story. People remember stories 22 times better than they remember facts. If you're writing for your business, it's always a good idea to tell a story and make your customer the hero, not yourself. Donald Miller stresses this in his book, Story Brand. So he goes into a ton of detail about how to use story in your in your branding, in your website, in your blogging. And I'm just now listening to the book. So I can't go into a whole lot of detail, but that is one thing he stresses is to make your customer the hero. So I think telling stories, whether it's the story of your business or the story of how your product or service has helped other people and your customers. Like I said, I go into a lot more detail about this too in my um, presentation that I'll be providing in my newsletter, but definitely telling a story because stories stick with people a lot more than facts and bullet points do. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think like the way the human mind is structured, we're all about like stories as a way to understand a concept or idea or to be convinced. So that makes complete sense. And I think that's like one of the biggest challenges I face whenever I communicate with others is making a customer the hero or just anybody you're emailing or communicating with. I find that like the biggest challenge is trying to put myself in their shoes as opposed to just being like, here's a dump of information I want you to learn about or know about. Yeah. And I think if you think about it in terms of everyone wakes up, when we wake up for the day, we are, we're the hero in our own story. We're not waking up and thinking about, you know, I wonder what's going to happen in Eric's story today. We're probably thinking of, you know, I wonder what's going to happen to me today. And I hope that I can achieve this today. And I hope that, you know, you're always your own hero in your story. So I think remembering that when you're talking to your clients or your customers or your audience is key. Sounds like that could just be a good personal mantra too. just occasionally remind yourself and say, I am the hero of my story. (laughs) I might start doing that. So you offered up lots and lots of advice and you did mention that some of it's a little personal and might not work for everyone, but it sounds like fundamental to this is getting in some practice. So what are some ways that you might recommend to people who are interested in building a writing habit and aren't sure how to start? I think prompts are great for that. You know, like I said, when I had the whole wide world of ideas to choose from, you know, I didn't write anything because there's just there's just so many things that you can write about. So I think prompts, whether that's prompts other people give you or just Googling writing prompts or just looking around the room and picking three words. 
and using those and then giving yourself that word limit is going to be huge because if you could just sit and write as many words as you want, you know, you'll either write too many or it's going to seem too daunting and you're not going to even start. So if you say, okay, all I have to do right now to get started is write 500 words about a flash of light. I can do that about a story that features a flash of light, how I feel about flashes of light, what would happen if there were no flashes of light, you know, anything like that. It's going to be a lot easier and a lot easier to get started knowing that you only have to write 500 words. Now, once you hit that 500 words, if you feel good and you want to keep going, great. But I think starting small and using prompts is a great way to get started. One other thing I'm kind of curious about is how regular did you feel like you were writing in order to make this a successful habit? Was this something like every day or multiple times a day or once a week, weekends? Honestly, it's probably still not a successful habit. And that's why for me, events and contests and things like that are super important to me. Most of the stories in all of my books were either written for that Fiction 440 event or that NYC Midnight or the stories that I wrote for that YouTube station that I mentioned. So I always had to have a reason or an event or something prompting me to write. Getting to the point where I'm getting better about setting a daily habit, I've told myself at least for the month of October, November, the first hour of my day is devoted to my writing. So that's a fairly new thing for me because I do think it is important to have a daily habit if you can work it in. But for a long time, it was I would go for a long time without writing and then I would crank out a story, you know, in a weekend. And that worked for me. I, I did get stories written, but to consistently keep cranking out stories, I am still working on setting that daily habit. Knowing what works for you, because if you're a busy professional or parent or both, you might not be able to write every day. You might not be able to devote the first hour of your day. So if you say, I only have an hour on Saturday where I know that I have nothing else going on, know that that's okay. And just use that time. Use that time wisely if that's the only time. So I think just figuring out what works for you and knowing that that's okay is important. That seems really wise too. And now that I'm thinking back on some of my past writing too, especially when my daughter was really young and wasn't sleeping through the night, I found that I had to just find the smallest pockets that I could and just write whenever I could. But I remember having friends and some colleagues who they had a different schedule and they were able to just do their writing one day a week and that's all they would do. I was a little envious of that, but to your point, it was just a matter of finding out what works for us. I think comparison can kill your motivation too. I think if you look at all the writing articles and all the writing advice and all the books that are out there, it's going to be super overwhelming and super. I had to, honestly, I wrote an article about how I unsubscribed to the majority of my writing blogs because it's just, it's too much. It's too much information and like, it's intimidating. I think that's like part of it, both those sides of it. Yeah. And if you're not doing what works for you, it's just not going to work. So, you know, if you had tried to set aside an hour every day and couldn't do it because you're, you know, your kid was crying or needed, you know, just basic needs like being taken care of, you would feel like a failure and that would stop you from writing anymore. So you have to set yourself up for success and comparing your schedule to everyone else's is not going to let you do that. I was going to ask a little bit more about your writing practice. Like, 
Do you just write on your laptop typically, I assume? It kind of depends. I do most like final drafting and, you know, final writing and everything on my computer. Yeah. But if I'm feeling particularly stuck and a lot of the times brainstorming, I will handwrite Okay. in notebooks or I've now switched to trying an iPad with the pen. So all my notes are in one space. I'm experimenting with that. But handwriting is a great way to get started, I think. And I do that for brainstorming. Do you like handwrite and then type it out? later or you just toss it when you're done with it because then you're going to use that to build a story and actually type the story out? Most of the time I handwrite and then type it out. I'll handwrite a lot of time and I'll start an outline handwriting. Okay. A lot of the time I'll start the outline and I'll think of a sentence I like and then I'll think of another sentence I like and then I'll just keep going. So I do end up with some paragraphs written, handwritten that then I do have to translate to the computer, but I won't always translate my outline I won't retype that up. I'll just use whatever I've written. Gotcha. Do you do any writing on your smartphone at all? Like maybe brainstorming, I guess, or like, I'm really curious. I'm asking because like, if you have small snippets of time where like an idea comes, do you like, oh, I'm going to grab that time while I'm commuting or waiting for something and just type it up on my phone since I have it in front of me? I should, because that would be smart to try to write during those pockets of time, but I don't love trying to type on the tiny little keyboard. I'll use it if I have an idea somewhere and I don't have access to anything else like a notebook or anything. So I will use that in just the little notes section in iPhone to jot down ideas if I have it, but I don't do a ton of actual writing on that. Okay. That makes total sense. I was just curious because I always feel like it sounds optimal, but whether in practice it actually is practical, I'm not so certain. So I was just curious if you've ever been in those situations. I've heard of people that do it, and I think it's really smart. But again, comparison can kill you. So if I'm beating myself up because I don't do it, it's just going to hurt. Right. And like, it don't force a tool that isn't going to work. Like if it isn't, you're a good fit for you. It's not a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. Before we close out, I think one of the most important questions we can ask, and one of the biggest challenges, at least I face, is staying motivated and getting that momentum going and not like getting stuck. Particularly, I think this term is very apt writer's block. Like how do we both stay motivated and not run out of ideas? Cause I think that's one of the biggest challenges folks face. Yeah. So I think as far as not running out of ideas, I think prompts help a ton with that because then you can use, because a lot of the time you'll hear a prompt and you might have multiple ideas, but only one's going to work for what you're doing, but you can go back and use that same prompt and those ideas for something else. As far as staying motivated and keeping up that momentum, I think it's important to remember that it's supposed to be fun, whether you're doing it for work or a creative writing endeavor. It's supposed to be fun and a little progress is still progress. So if you're writing a couple hundred words a day or for five minutes a day, you're still moving forward. And success looks different for everyone. I mentioned a little bit that I always thought success, being a successful writer meant having a published novel. But when I realized what I liked doing and what I was good at, I switched gears and now I have, you know, two published books and I feel lucky to have two books filled with stories that I, you know, really enjoyed writing and in a style that helps me keep writing and makes writing more manageable for me. Thank you for those tips. Yeah. So Allison, uh, we just got lots and lots of advice from you and I'm wondering how we can incorporate some of the ideas into making for a successful NaNoWriMo. What do you think about that? 
during National Novel Writing Month, the goal is to write 50,000 words in a month, which can seem like a huge goal. But like I was talking about earlier, if you break that down, in order to achieve that, you actually need to write about 1,200 words a day, which is basically a flash fiction story. So you can use flash fiction by trying not to worry about the big task of writing a novel, but instead worry about writing a flash fiction story, maybe about your characters that take place in the context of your world and pushes your plot forward and just write one of those every day. It's still a lot of writing and it does require some planning and knowing where you want your story to go and what you want to happen to your characters. But one 1,200 word story a day seems a lot more manageable than 50,000 words in a month. So once you have that idea for your novel, which a lot of you probably do at this point, you can even use some of the prompts that I mentioned, layout prompts for every single day of National Novel Writing Month, or maybe you just have some tucked aside for when you find yourself stuck and write a 1,200-word story around your characters and your story using those prompts, and you'll have that deadline of 24 hours. That makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a cool approach to knocking out a whole novel in a month. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, is there any particular place that you would like people to go to find a newsletter or learn more about you or your work online? Yeah, so you can find my website, which will be in the show notes on the podcast, just alisonspoonerwriter.com, but you can get that link in the notes. I'm also on Facebook as author Allison Spooner. I'm on Twitter as Allie Spoon. (laughs) A lot of plays on the Spooner there. And yeah, I'm on Instagram. All the links will be in the notes because I'm kind of everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, we'll make sure to get those from you. Just look for the spoon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show, Allison. This has been awesome. I'm really interested in being active this month and trying out flash fiction. So this is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. So send us a tweet. Let us know if you have any challenges you want us to discuss when it comes to writing this month. And we are on Twitter at OKProductive as well as Instagram and Facebook. We're always posting tips on all those sites, so you should definitely follow us there. Send us a tweet. Let us know what you really took out of this episode. We always love to hear back from our audience on social media. And if you are listening to this right now, please do send us a tweet and let us know what has helped you or what are some challenges when it comes to writing. And we'll be continuing this theme over the next few episodes as we are going through National Novel Writing Month. So thanks, Allison, for coming on. And thank you for joining us for this episode. And we'll talk to you next time.